Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Queensland Raceway gets set to fire up. got to be uh, all over it with your braking um, performance and, uh, and have good car speed. Triple Eight gets the car of the future on the track. And we find out what the WAG's got up to this week. Kobe Webb. I've been growing my nails, sharpening my claws. I'm out there to get her. There's no way she's going to win this race. I will make sure of that. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Triple Eight have held their first test of the car of the future at Queensland Raceway this week. Roland Dane was extremely happy with the team being the first to have the new car out on the track. Jamie Wincup was at the wheel as the car did the 90-minute shakedown run ahead of next Monday's first official test day with Craig Lowndes at the wheel. Lee Holsworth is looking forward to this weekend to improve his points tally. The Irwin Tools driver is making his first start at his new home track and is looking to get his car up to the front in qualifying to ease the pressure of driving through the field during the race. We've shown we've got the the race speed, but uh, qualifying is uh, such a huge part of every weekend now. Um, Everyone's so close, you know, the whole field's separated by one second, so... Um, if you don't qualify well, you've got to get through the whole field, which, are, uh, which is a very difficult thing to do when you're up against guys that are um, so quick. So how does Holsworth score his season so far? I'd probably give myself a, a B-plus in performance, um, but uh, I think that um, you know, if, we get, if we tune the car to, to the way that I like it um, and uh, you know, I can become more familiar and more confident in the, in the car, then uh, I'm sure that grade can, um, can get a lot better. Mark Winterbottom says the resurfacing of Queensland Raceway will make a huge difference as the championship returns to southeast Queensland. All those nasty bumps and um, you know little characteristics of the track have now gone. So uh, I've driven there with Car of the Future testing. So even though we don't test there and we haven't raced on this surface, I've done a little bit of sneaky uh, Car of the Future testing and. I think that's going to definitely help. Witterbottom has said there's nothing better than grabbing a victory at the Queensland team's home circuit. You expect to win on your home track, so uh, it doesn't always work out like that, unfortunately, but uh, winning on someone else's soil, it's, 
it's definitely a nice moment. It's like uh, like the Blues winning at Suncorp. You feel pretty good. Pepsi have revealed another new livery for Jacques Villeneuve as the former world champion returns to the series. Villeneuve is looking to build on his last outing at Townsville as he is now confident for this weekend at Queensland Raceway and then on to Sydney Motorsport Park later this month. Triple Eight have announced that they have agreed to commercial terms with Red Bull to become the major sponsor of the team moving forward in 2013. The announcement fills the void that was to be left by Vodafone's departure at the end of the season. How this affects the Dunlop Series car sponsorship by Monster Energy Drinks as well as Jamie Winkup's own personal sponsorship with that company are still to be announced. Will Davidson thinks that going to Queensland Raceway this weekend is not as pressure-filled as when you're racing at your test track. Uh, you can confuse yourself more than anything. Conditions are often very different when you go back for a race weekend. But uh, no doubt last year, I think the Craig Lowndes, Tim Slade cars were a cut above the rest. And uh, they did have an advantage from running there all year. So uh, we've got to be mindful of that. We've got to do our homework. And uh, I think we've done that. And our car is quick on all circuits this year. So Kobe Webb took out the first WAGS race day at Queensland this week. Kobe and husband Jonathan made the perfect team, taking the victory. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for bringing it back in first, though. That was always helpful. <laughs> yeah, it was good, actually. I'm a little bit heavier than the rest of the boys, so I wasn't sure how we were going to go. But we had a good clean run at the start, a bit of a dice with JC, so that was good fun. And uh, I think a, a few tactics on the pit stop helped us out as well. And finally, Russell Ingall will equal the great Peter Brock this weekend when he makes his 212th event start. He will sit equal third on the ladder behind John Bow, who made 225 starts, and Mark Scaife, who started 220 events. Ingle is confident of a great result this weekend at the Ipswich 300. So if there's any place we're going to go well at, the Willow Bank race is going to be it. And uh, really looking forward to it. I think this car is going to go very well there. You know, th- this is where we're going to turn our season around. You know, we're going to, we're going to qualify the thing up there and going to race hard. And uh, I've, uh, I've been on the podium more times than not at the Willow Bank race. So it's time, uh, it's time we drunk some champagne this year. We'll hear more from Russell on this week's White Flag Lap. And that's the news for Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrac.com.au. After the break, Richard Quayle and Tom Worsley will join me on the V8 Insiders. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from SBS's Speed Week and, of course, Channel 10's Formula One supports. That just rolls off the tongue quite beautifully, doesn't it, Richard Kral? 
and I'm going to live off that for as long as I possibly can. G'day, Craig. How are you going? Not too bad. I'm sure they've got the you signed up for next year as well, Richard. Joining uh, us on the not. <laughs> and also joining us on the line from Tom Worsley Media. It's Tom Worsley. Good evening, Tom. G'day, Craig. And listeners, always a pleasure to be on the show. It's great to have you on the show because uh, all of us involved in racing who are in the southern states are looking forward to some warmer weather. After a month off, it's up to Queensland where the racing landscape has once again changed because, Richard, a brand new, completely smooth Queensland raceway awaits. What can we expect from the V8 supercars on a billiard table? Uh, I, I think it's it's good and bad in two ways. For me, personally, it's good because I've got Formula 3 category I'm heavily involved in up there, and they don't like bumps, uh, so a new billiard table smooth surface is going to be great for them. For V8 supercars, eh, I, I thought the bumps were good. Um, they actually added some real character to a track that's often accused of not having a great deal of, of character and appeal. I actually don't mind Queensland Raceway. I think it's great for spectators. Um, you can see the whole track from wherever you sit. And it's got three really good overtaking opportunities. And the racing there is generally pretty good. So I don't think it's going to change a, humor, a huge amount. Lap times will drop maybe a second a lap because of the new surface. Um, but aside from that, I think it will be the same. The, the real appeal of QR is that um, generally it produces pretty good motor races. Tom, is it a big factor that we're going to see a mixture of tyres and we don't know what degradation is going to be like over the course of the weekend at this stage. I think that's going to be, play a big part, um, but I, I think you'll see a much lesser occurrence with, uh, with flat spotting of tyres from brake lockups because of the bumps. Uh, the other factor I think that you're going to see particularly early in the weekend is uh, potentially the braking markers have changed because of the surface. So uh, I think tyres are going to be a massive, massive uh, contributing, sorry, contributor to the result this weekend. Whether it's tyres dropping off or uh, whether it's just various strategies with, com- uh, with compounds, I think it's going to be a really interesting weekend. Will the state of the track, Tom... And the fact that it is a simpler design allow Jack Villeneuve now to have a much more uh, Im- a bigger impact. Also, the fact that he's had one recent run in the car. I think um, I think that will probably be a part of it. It's going to be a track for, and also for Alexander Premer to find a rhythm. Um, whereas a few of the street circuits will probably throw them off a little bit. But Queensland Raceway, it's a nice, simple layout. There's not too much to remember, so hopefully uh, they have clean weekends, the the pair of them. What about you, Richard? I know that you have, in record time, had your first plug for Formula 3, but is it going to be a uh, opportunity for you to get uh, the Formula One Championship down into the uh, the wings and slicks pit? <laughs> uh, oh, look, I'm not sure that'd be nice, wouldn't it? But um, uh, Jack went through the junior formula a long, long time ago. But uh, yeah, I, I see the synergy and I like it. Um, yeah, I, I back up what Tom said. I, I think um, it will bring Jack a bit closer to the field. I think it'll close him up. Um, 
and and by its very nature, QR often has an incredibly close field anyway. I mean, it's got six corners and a couple of straights, so it's not the most technical layout in the world. So it, it does offer up close fields, and I think it will help Jacques get closer and closer to the front of the field with the more laps he gets. So the other thing to remember is that, that everyone's sort of talking up Queensland Raceway being the test track for Triple Eight and Stone Brothers Racing and all these Queensland teams, but... Actually, the Holden Racing Team statistically has gone better there than anybody else. They've got more wins at QR than any other team. So this isn't just an open weekend where where the Queensland teams are going to win. I think it could be a very, very open round, and we may yet see a different team pop up and get a victory that, that we're not accustomed to seeing at the front, which would be great for the sport because it's been a year that's been dominated by Team Vodafone and by uh, for performance racing. What's is interesting to me, uh, Richard, is that it is 2009, the last time a Victorian team stood on the podium, and that was Will Davison in a, interestingly enough, a HRT. But mm. since 2009, Courtney for Jim Beam Racing swept 2010, and Craig Lowndes took out all three races in 2011. So, yeah, and I think you can attribute the Courtney thing to the fact that he was in the middle of that great swing where, where he had couple of soft tyre rounds at Winton and QR where he really put together some great races and won the championship when DJR had those cars working so well on the soft tyre and, and arguably it was those rounds that helped Courtney win the title um, and Lowndes last year was just a byproduct of being Craig Lowndes I think frankly there were you know Team Vodafone best team in the business and Craig Lowndes the best driver out there as well so yeah but you know I, I still think it's going to be up the team I've actually got circled and I have got a track record for picking a couple of strange uh, results on this program, and I do not know how it happens because I really don't know any more than anybody else in the business. But um, I, I've got Jonathan Webb circled as my smoky for this weekend. I think this is the weekend, if anywhere, that Techno are going to translate that brilliant speed they've had into a, a brilliant race result, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see Webby somewhere up towards the pointy end well, Tom, uh, across this weekend. Tom, Kobe Webb had the big win in the WAGS go-kart challenge this week, so perhaps that is just the sign of things to come. Uh, possibly. It, it might have boosted team morale. She's probably gone back to uh, Jonathan and, uh, and Michael's engineers and given the hot tips for setup. Whether they can translate that into a V8 supercar setup is another story. <laughs> um, but I think with what Richard was saying, both of the techno cars have shown a lot of speed and they've just been waiting for a few ingredients. In terms of the Wise and Girlfriends race, it's always interesting when, when you see these girls get together. Um, Although I can't figure out why Leanne Tander didn't get an invite. Oh, really? You can't figure that out. (laughs) She would absolutely destroy them. Leanne actually got back in a Formula Ford for the first time in about 10 years uh, last weekend at Sandown and was running in the top two or three there in in the very competitive Vic State Series. So, oh, that that would have been uh, an unfair advantage, I think. Yeah, you've got to remember that the guys, you know, all the women were hamstrung by their partners going out in the first leg of that race as well. So uh, congratulations to Kobe Webb. We uh, congratulate her on taking the challenge. Back to more serious matters at hand. Last year, Tim Slade in the Lucky 7 Falcon was absolutely charging through the field. Lounsey, of course, was the class of the field, but 
you've got to think that uh, Stone Brothers, with the way across the board they've been able to get the teams together, Tom, you're going to see something uh, special from all those cars, and Slade would be particularly confident because, as I said, he had a great run. Definitely, and the other standout last year was uh, James Moffat getting his first top five result, um, and I believe it's his equal career best of fourth that he got at Queensland Raceway last year. Um, whether that's a product of, yes, it's their test track or um, maturity within the series, but all three of those... Uh, Sorry, the, the two young guys are going fantastically this year. A little bit of a roller coaster, and, and also the SBR cars have been mainly hit, but they've had a couple of misses. So it's always it's always a track that we get to, and there's all these different ingredients going on. And there's I actually think that Queensland is one of the most competitive rounds because everyone's sort of in the swing of things, and there's. Uh, a lot of strong areas coming through for different teams. Mm. It is going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. And, uh, well, I'm going to get you to uh, put your reputations on the line. Tom first, who's going to be podium Saturday and Sunday? It's hard. It's pretty much impossible to look past Team Vodafone. I'm going to go with Lowndes, uh, Davison and Webb on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And for Sunday, I'm going to take a gamble and uh, say Webb to break through for a second win with uh, Frosty and Wincup behind. Hmm. Interesting one, Richard. Uh, I don't. I don't really want to predict podiums uh, as precisely as Tom. So <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five names that I think will feature on the podium this weekend. Okay. Uh, one of them, obviously, will do it twice, and it won't <laughs> be rocket science to work out who that is. Uh, the, the five names are Winkup, Lowndes, Webb, Slade, and Tanda, mm-hmm. based on previous form only and certainly not on their most recent run. So I'm just going to throw those five names out there. Um, you know, one of those I think will be on the podium both days and um, probably doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out it's going to be a, a red and uh, silver car. But, um, yeah, that, that's what I reckon. Oh, I think it's going to be an interesting round and, and it might not deliver the kind of results we expect. Well, we all hope for that. We've got plenty more after the break here on the V8 Insiders. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Tom Worsley and, of course, Richard Kral joining me, Craig Ravel. And uh, Richard was quite animated during the break. We've got to talk about Red Bull. I remember the last time everyone was talking about Red Bull and 
Of course, it didn't come through. Kelly's Racing's actually lost the Red Bull sponsorship because it got leaked in the media. Fortunately, this time it was actually on the Triple Eight site, which you'd think means that someone signed off on it eventually, that uh, Red Bull have now come to a an agreement in principle on the key points that they could be the major sponsor next year. Richard, did I miss anything in that introduction? Uh, no, I think it covers it. I mean, this is, this is a massive, massive announcement for the sport. Cannot underplay how big this is for V8 supercar racing and for motorsport in general. And a sport, remember, that at the moment is facing a complete change for next year. New cars, there's going to be new races... We don't know who's going to broadcast it. So they've managed to do a deal with one of the biggest energy drink companies in the world who's got a massive track record in motorsport with very few facts except the track record that Triple Eight brings into it and what they've been able to achieve in activating on their Vodafone sponsorship, which has been unbelievable. So, I mean, this is a a really, really big thing. It's a massive credit to to Triple Eight and the people they've got there. I know Pete Jamison, the commercial director, worked incredibly hard to what they've been able to achieve to get the deal over the line. It's, it's a massive announcement, and it's great for the sport because it gives confidence in a market that at the moment has no confidence, and that's the, the sponsorship and ad-buying market. So everyone's in, in this sort of semi-recession, no-one's spending money. When a big company like Red Bull goes out and then spends some money, it's a vote of confidence in the industry that V8 supercars are still a viable way to go and market your brand. So hopefully there's other sponsors that are in negotiations. You know, if, if a Kelly Racing's talking to somebody or HRT or whatever, they can go, hey, look, Red Bull's on board. You know, you need to be there. It's obviously working for them. Why don't you get on? So it's a great thing. It's huge. What it does do is, is just make Triple Eight even more difficult to beat because they're now locked in with commercial resources as well as their fantastic drivers their great engineering staff and their amazing ability to pump out new cars and all this. So, yeah, big big day for the sport, exciting exciting times. What also was very interesting, Tom, is that they've currently got a deal with Monster Energy Drinks and they can't actually put a Red Bull logo on their side at the moment, even though they're about well, even though they're in the throes of announcing Red Bull will be on their main game cars next year. Well, I mean, I, th- I think there's two flow-on effects out of this. Obviously, there is um, the development series sponsorship that's currently with Monster. And also, um, Jamie Wincup loses a personal sponsor out of it. Otherwise, there's going to be a conflict of interest there. Um, so, <laughs> interesting couple of months ahead politically within the team. Um, but I think that, um, you know, Pete Jameson and Roland know exactly what they're doing, big picture-wise, and I think that this is definitely a move in the right direction, not just for the team, but for the sport. Mm. Well, big picture, they they would have sat down with Jamie and gone, look, we're going to sign Red Bull, we'll give you an extra 100 grand a year to lose them as a personal sponsor. I mean, that's that's basically it. The the first and foremost thing is is team, and and that's, that's job number one, is to get that funded. Uh, and if that means they lose an associate sponsor or Jamie loses a, a personal sponsor, well, then that's just the way it rolls to make sure that the team is, is viable. So eh, it's just part of it, and hopefully Monster stay in the sport. I'm sure they will. 
um, and, and end up on another car somewhere. Wednesday was but, a huge day, wasn't it, Tom? Because uh, not only did you hear about the Red Bull agreement to go on, but you had them getting their car, their car of the future car, out for a 90-minute shakedown run. Now, it, it just amazes me because I didn't think all the specs had been finalised for the car of the future. Well, long story short, they haven't. Uh, <laughs> there are still a few things that are yet to be finalised. It's not exactly how things are going to be run next year, but to the specs that they have got, it's as close as they um, as close as possible. But it, I think, it, again, it's a very encouraging thing, a sign for next year that things are on track and that hopefully we will actually have a full grid come uh, the first round. Well, it's critical, I think, that Triple Eight have once again been able to do this engineering feat. And uh, I know that uh, Roland is particularly proud of his engineering staff and he's always called himself an engineering company, not just a motor racing team. And uh, you look back, the FG, then moving to the VE, now the car of the future, they've always made and been able to make some huge leaps each time they've put a new car out on the track. So it's... Yeah, what, what I like about it is, is... It's a great quote from Roland on a, a news website today that said, um, while all the other teams have been bellyaching about there not being specs or not having enough confirmed or not enough time, we've just knuckled down and built race cars. So it, it's basically there. Stuff like the fuel cell's not quite correct and, and other little bits and pieces that they can change, but only minor components. But... They've also been very open, and, and today Frank Adamson, the technical director from V8 Supercar, was out there. Um, they had the V8 staff there. It, they've been very open, and they've been giving feedback to supercars incredibly openly about what's going on with the car. Bear in mind, they're building nine of these things, Team Vodafone or Triple Eight or Red Bull or whatever it's going to be called. Um, so, you know, they're going to other teams as well. You know, Techno's going to get some cars and... Probably, uh, probably um, Lucas Dumbrell as well. So, you know, they, they've got to be open about it. And, and this is just fast tracking processes for V8 Supercar and, and everybody else that's involved in Car of the Future. Mm. Tom, your take on that? Uh, I, I think Richards hit the nail on the head right there. Um, I think the team, uh, sorry, Triple Eight Engineering has been quite involved in the process. So. I don't think it's any massive surprise that they're the first team to have the first car. It is interesting, though, because one team that has got a big question mark over which way they'll go is Tony Dalberto Racing, and with signs that here's a package that's already being tested, and next Monday, of course, is the official first test day for the car, Tony Dalberto's sitting back going, well... I can link back up with Holden, which the family has had a long association with. Perhaps Triple Eight are going to get an order for another car and a half, if you like, because they're going to need a lot of spares for the new car as well. Maybe, but but I mean, who's to say that Full Performance Racing aren't going to build an amazing car and Holden Racing Team and and Stone Brothers? So I mean, there's so many options, and, and the basis of the car of the future is that the cars are going to be more the same underneath the body than anybody else. So. I really don't think it's a, a massive thing. In the end, it's going to be a commercial decision. Um, team well, Triple Eight might cost ten grand more than FPR, and they might decide to go to FPR, or they might decide no, we want a Triple Eight car just to have that 
that brand link up and the data and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, look, I, it's early days, but I, I think it's it's promising for everybody that that Triple Eight's got their car on the grid already and, and cutting laps, and that info is just going to flow back to supercars, and that's going to help them finalise the spec and get it out to all the other teams so they can get their cars on the racetrack. But we know that we know that FPR and HRT in particular aren't that far behind, so mm. they'll have cars on the track soon. Yeah. Critically, Tom, though, if you're the first one out there and you're feeding as much data back as you possibly can to V8 supercars, highly likely any decisions that are going to be made are going to be made based on the information that you're able to supply them. I guess it's a double-edged sword. Um, by giving information out, teams have a fair bit to gain, but they also don't want to do it because it's the nature of the sport. So um, I think a lot of teams have have got to sit down and look at the happy medium of what feedback they give and what cards they keep close to their chest. Mm. Well, guys, always a pleasure to catch up with you, Tom. Uh, I think Richard and I are both looking forward to joining you up there in Queensland to uh, warm up significantly. Oh, the weather is superb up here. I'm loving it. <laughs> guys, on the White Flag Lap this week, we hear more from Russell Ingall as he equals Brocky's events record and moves himself to equal third on the ladder. Richard and Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks. White Flag Lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week on the White Flag Lab, Russell Ingall will make his 212th race start, equaling that of Peter Brock. Ingall reflected on his experiences with the man they called Peter Perfect. And to race against uh, such a legend of the sport as well. I mean, look, when I was a kid, waking up at the early hours of, of Sunday morning, ready for the, for the Bathurst and... Uh, you know, and, and especially going from Brocky as well, you know, to come up and then all of a sudden I'm sitting on the grid right next to him. Um, and I think uh, his, um, one of his last races at Oran Park, actually, we were racing wheel to wheel with him. Uh, I can tell you one thing, though, there's no way that I was going to get mixed up with any trying to send him off the track or anything because Brock was such a legend with the fans, I think I would have been crucified. So there was one thing racing against Brock, don't hit him. So what does it mean to Ingle to equal Peter's record? What an honour to be mentioned in the same breath as a, as a late, great Peter Brock um, with equaling his event starts. Um, look, it's, uh, it's fantastic to still be in the category for that long as well and, uh, and more importantly, still be competitive. Ingle's career is certainly in its twilight. How does he reflect on where the sport is in 2012? People say to me, don't you wish you were starting your career now, especially with all the changes that V8 supercars are going to be going through in the next three to five years. But to be quite honest, I wouldn't swap it. You know, I, I'd, the era that I've been through, of going through with 
you know, Brock, Johnson, Perkins, Bowie, you know, all the real greats of the sport, you know, the true legends coming through that era and now going through to the new era with all the new young guns that are coming up and coming through the sport. You know, it feels like I've had the best of both worlds, so I wouldn't swap it no matter what. That's all we have time for this week. My thanks to Richard Crail and Tom Worsley as the Checker Flag waves over another edition. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.